Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> it was like 10 seconds of silence before I started talking. Because I was looking at my watch. Um, it is Tuesday, March 19th, 2019, the year of our Lord. Um, no guest again this week. I got busy. Sorry. I got, I didn't get busy Phillips because that would, that's still not count as a guest. That would count as a co-host. I did not get a guest or a co-host, but I did get lowercase b busy. But I have some weird shit to talk about. Um, how's everybody doing? I am having incredible incredible allergy attacks i think the rain is um well while we in california no longer have a drought for the first time in seven years it has been we've been in a drought for for seven years in southern california that's how little it rains here so far this year and we're, you know, March 19th. We're t nearing the end of March. So three months in, we've had more rain these first three months of 2019 than we probably did the last two or three years. It's it's really been nuts. That's great. It's all really good. Um, the hills are green. Um, just everything's green and it's awesome. Um, there's a crazy amount of flowers blooming now. Um, we have the super bloom here in Southern California, which I'll talk about in a minute. But because of that, um, I, I think there's already an insane amount of pollen in the air. I woke up this morning. I woke up, woke up at four o'clock this morning, sneezing, sniffling to the point where I think and I was still half asleep, but I knew something was going on. And I, I just remember in my head going, oh, no, oh, no, I think I'm sick. Oh, I, th I think it finally caught up to me. All the travel and all the, all the ballyhoo that I've, all the monkey shines I've been getting up to. I'm finally sick. And I went to uh, go to the bathroom, and when I was in the bathroom, I took a Zyrtec. Woke up at about 9, 8.30. Actually, I woke up about 8.30. Felt great. So it's definitely allergies. And I think it's because of uh, everything that the rain has now produced. So, you know, take the good with the bad. I'll, I, I can deal with some allergies. Although I think they may be making me a little bit more dizzy than usual. It just all affects my inner ear, and uh, that's no good. But, um, yeah, so I said there's the super bloom. I don't know, for anyone outside of California, I don't know if you have, you must have the equivalent of the super bloom. Here in Southern California, it happens whenever we have a, a large amount of rain, uh, it causes an overpopulation of poppies, namely the California poppy, which is our state flower also. A uh, very bright orange uh, flower. And um, 
So when there's a heavy amount of rain, they they blossom like quadruple like amounts. It, it's it's insane. And there's certain areas where they grow more in general, and those areas have a thing called the super bloom. Uh, there's one uh, in Lake Elsinore, which is near Temecula, California, which is about an hour east of Los Angeles. There's one in Antelope Valley, which is about an hour northeast of Cal or uh, northeast of Los Angeles. There's some down near San Diego. They're all over the place. I mean, all by all over. I mean, like three or four places. Um, but it's really amazing to see. If you look at my Instagram, not the We're No Doctors Instagram, but the the but my Steve, at Steve Ag. Um, I, I posted a photo. If you do a search uh, for my friend Mike Escamilla, E-S-C-A-M-I-L-L-A. M-I-L-L. -L -L. Yeah, Escamilla. Uh, Mike Escamilla um, on Instagram. He, we brought his drone with us. We went to the Super Bloom in Lake Elsinore. Brought his drone with us. And he flew it over the hills. And uh, it, you get an amazing view at how vast this this poppy bloom is. Um, so look up Mike's Instagram. Um, it's incredible. It, like, it's mind-blowing. Like there, There's just billions of poppies. And um, we went to that last Thursday, I think it was. Mike called me the night before. He's like, let's go to the super bloom grab your camera. I was like, yes, yeah, let's do this. I've been meaning to do more landscape stuff. So we drove out there. We got, we left at like nine in the morning. We got there like 1030 in the morning and there was a line like a quarter of a mile long just to exit the freeway. There were so many tourists out there and this was a weekday. Um, luckily Mike is a, uh, a pro BMXer. Um, like he he's an outdoorsman he's like sponsored by gopro and but he's like mainly known for bmx like he's kind of a, a pioneer of the bmx world and uh luckily he knew of a place like a, a drainage ditch nearby that he used to you know ride bikes and and skateboards at and uh he's like oh he's like it's just like half a mile south of here and so we we bypassed all the crowds, drove like half a mile south, parked on the side of the road, and there is a just a drainage ditch that runs under the freeway. So we had to crawl like I don't know a couple hundred yards through this <laughs> through this tunnel under the freeway, and then we came out in this like little drainage ditch area, and then we followed it up into the hills a little bit, and then it ended, and we kept going. And it put us right in the middle of the poppies. And it was awesome. I have some great photos. Sorry. Sorry. I just had uh, just had lunch, guys. And um, yeah, so look at Mike's Instagram, Mike Escamilla's Instagram for uh, the drone footage to see just how crazy this super bloom is. I'm going to try and go a few more times, although I it's like the mayor of Elsinore was, is complaining that it's just like, there's just too many tourists coming for them to even handle. And it's just gotten to a point where 
people are just not giving a shit and just parking their cars on the side of the freeway to go like it's so insane uh, but it's it, it's well worth looking at something that doesn't happen very often. Uh, super bloom. Anyway, so I did that. And then this weekend, I think the next day, Friday, <clears throat> it's been the I had like a day where I didn't have to do anything. And I, I can you guys hear that plane flying over? And I've been wanting to, I mean, other than like going to Nashville two weeks ago, which was still work, I was doing stand-up and stuff. So uh, I, I just wanted a day where I could just go out and just do a little road trip. And so Friday, I got in my car. This is all going somewhere, by the way. This, this is going to the crux of our episode. I got in my truck and I drove, uh, I wanted to go back out to this place called the Trona Pinnacles. Uh, which is like two and a half to three hours east of Los Angeles, like northeast. And uh, middle of nowhere. It's like on your way to Death Valley. It's like really close to Death Valley. Very remote desert area. Um, really, sorry, that's my, my phone. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Google Trona Pinnacles, T-R-O-N-A-P-I-N-N-A-C-L-E-S. And see this like weird formation of rocks out like next to this old dried up lake bed. It's it's crazy. You have to drive a few miles and then uh, drive a few miles. You have to drive like 150 miles and then uh, like 10 miles on a dirt road past this dry lake. But it, it's, it's so remote and there's nobody out there. But I went, took my camera, got some really cool photos. Those are also on my Instagram. Then on the way back, there's <clears throat> this like abandoned train that I wanted to stop and take photos of. And I've gone out to Trona Pinnacles like three or four times. And this train is always there, which leads me to believe that it is abandoned. I've never been out there and not seen this or a train park there. And, it, and the train tracks end right there where this train is. So I think it is abandoned. I don't know. It looks in pretty good shape, though. But I, driving back, it was still daylight, so I was like, oh, I want to stop and get some photos of this train. So, it, And it's right by, it's just on this flat, just massively wide-open lake bed um, in this little valley. And uh, so I stop my car, and I get out. I'm starting to walk and I didn't park right next to the train. I parked about 50 yards away. So I park and as I'm walking up to this train, I hear this really low, low register hum or buzzing. Like it sounded like, like if you hear a car like a block away or something or, or, out on the street and their windows up, your windows up, but they're blasting music and you can hear the bass like, I could hear something like that, but it was not, there was no rhythm to it. It was just a straight droning, just, it sounded almost like a, a didgeridoo, but a little bit more faint. 
and as I'm walking over towards this train, it's getting a little bit louder, and then I and then it just kind of reaches a peak level, which still it also sounds like it's like a plane flying off in the distance, like a a big like you know C one thirty propeller plane like flying past in the distance, but it never passed. It was just always there, and I was taking photos for like fit 10, 15 minutes, and it was starting to drive me effing, <laughs> I'm trying to be more aware of my cursing, starting to drive me effing crazy. Like legitimately, like I couldn't, like I was starting to freak out about it. Like, like part of me was going, what's inside these trains? Cause they were like those shipping container boxcar type trains. It's like just a big metal box. And I was like, I started to just have these like thoughts that there's like, maybe there's radioactive shit in here and it's so massive and, and deadly that I'm actually hearing it. Um, like it's, it's just radiating through my body and I'm hearing it. It was just, just constant. And I was like, I was like, okay, I was starting to freak out. I And it was giving me this like pressure. I guess I started feeling pressure on my chest. Like if I had been laying down, it would have felt like someone was sitting on my chest, but I was standing up and I was feeling this in, intense pressure on my chest. Uh, an incredible amount of dread and anxiety all because, and it was all because of this noise. It was all being triggered by this noise. And I was going, is there something in these cars? What the fuck is going on? And, uh, but it never got louder. It never got softer. It was all, it was over by this train. I walked a little bit further away from the train out towards the lake bed and it was still happening, which leads me to believe it might not have been part of the train or the tracks. And I was like, I, I started like feeling sad. I can't explain this. This is so insane. And like, I wanted to stay and take photos, but I literally could not stay. I had to flee. I had to flee the scene. I was freaking the F out. I, I, it was making me depressed and sad and scared all at once. I, I can't even explain it. This is so bizarre to me. I've never experienced anything like this. And so I, I rush, I get in my car, I get to my car, I get in my car, I close the door and I start crying. I started fucking crying because of this noise. It was so intense. And I like immediately drove like as far away as I could. I drove back to the main highway, pulled over and like just kind of got my composure back. I was like, what the fuck just happened to me? happened to me did i just get a massive dose of radiation what the fuck was it the devil <laughs> is there a mummy buried out there did i just encounter the energy of a, a an ancient burial site so i um i immediately just uh you know i put my car in park i turn the engine off and i start oh no that was the other thing i was so far out in the middle of nowhere, I could, I had no signal. I couldn't call anybody. I couldn't text. I that was the other thing. I went all the way out there. I didn't tell anybody. If something had happened to me, that's the last place anyone would have looked. They would have been like, "Oh, let's go 
Maybe he drove three miles, three or uh, three hours away. Like no one knew, and I was like, that was really stupid of me. So I drove until I came to a small town, and I pulled over, and I got some coffee, and and then I uh, just started googling. Like I, I I was googling everything. I was like, do train tracks make a humming noise? And I and nothing. And I I googled. Uh, I'm out in the desert near an abandoned train, and I'm hearing a humming noise. It's in Trona, California. And I started getting results when I would type in hum and desert and, you know, remote for this thing called the hum. Um, I'm going to pull up Wikipedia right now because there was a Wikipedia um, entry for it. It's called the hum. You can do, you can search this, go to, go to Wikipedia and type in the hum, H-U-M, that's it. And uh, I'll just read you the first paragraph. The hum is a phenomenon or collection of phenomena involving widespread reports of a persistent and invasive low frequency humming rumbling or droning noise not audible to all people i was like oh my god this is exactly what i was experiencing hums have been widely reported by national media in the uk and the united and the united states the hum is sometimes prefixed with the name of a locality where the problem has been particularly publicized for example the bristol hum or the taos hum hum uh, because there's apparently in Bristol, England, in the United Kingdom, there, there, there's been people who have uh, reported that they've been hearing a hum. Same with Taos, New Mexico. It is unclear whether it is a single phenomenon. Different causes have been attributed. In some cases, it may be a man- manifestation of tinnitus, which we all know I I suffer greatly from tinnitus, but I've never experienced anything like this. And once I left that area, it was gone. Um, It could still be the train, but I I honestly think that train is abandoned. I don't think... I've gone out there off and on over the period of like two years. That train has always been there, exactly where it is. Um, I was honestly too afraid to touch the train tracks or put my ear to it because I was like, I was like, what if all because I was by myself, <laughs> I, I just had this, this image in my head of me laying down and putting my head on the train tracks to listen for a hum and then getting electrocuted and dying and then nobody fucking finding me for a couple of weeks. So I didn't touch anything. I was like, what if this thing is just highly electrocuted right now or, you know, filled with electricity and I I get electrocuted? I was like, I can't touch anything. (laughs) I tried to videotape it on my phone, but it was so windy. It was also really windy um, that when I played it back, all you could hear is on the mic. So I don't know. 
Um, it was really freaky. It was very triggering for some reason. I don't know. It gave me a strong sense of dread. This hum, the hum, fuck the hum, man. In 2006, Tom Moore, then of Massey University in Auckland, New Zealand, believes he has made several recordings of the Auckland hum. His previous research using simulated sounds had indicated that the hum was around 56 hertz. That's a pretty low frequency. Other places where I've read about this hum, it's saying anywhere from like only 2% of people can hear it. And they are mostly uh, middle age, over 50. Fucking, I just turned 50. How about that shit? Oh, hum. Oh, you fucking hum. <laughs> it was so insane. I, I still... I'm going to get somebody to go out there with me. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get someone to go out there with me. I'm going to try and record it. I'm going to bring my actual Zoom audio recorder. See if I can get some recordings. See if whoever I bring with me can hear it. I need to uh, investigate this more. I was honestly too scared to be there by myself. I was like, fuck, what if I just die here? What if this is something horrible that if I touch the tracks or touch the train, I get electrocuted and die? I'm not touching shit. There was a lot I wanted to do. I wanted to climb up on top of the train and put my ear to the the box. There was so much I wanted to do that I was just afraid to because I just kept... <laughs> Everything I just kept imagining ended with... The scenario ended with me dying. And because I hadn't told anybody where I was. And by the time I got out there, there was no reception. So I couldn't tell anybody. It was so weird. It was just an overpowering, almost like the sound you hear in movies, like when the, when there's like, I think they used it in Raiders of the Lost Ark, when they had already gotten the Ark out of the, the tomb and they had it on the ship and they were trying to ship it, you know, back to the United States when the Germans intercepted them with the sub. There was a shot of the Ark in a crate on the boat and there was a low droning, it was fucking it was just like that it was just a really evil sound (laughs) just a fucking evil sound it was so fucking scary I'll bet it's probably nothing and it probably is something to do with the train or electricity And I'll bet if I go out there with somebody else, if I had been with somebody else, it would have been such a laughable incident. Like, hey, you hear that? Yeah, holy shit. Put your ear to the tracks. Yeah, it's coming through the tracks. All right, let's go get something to eat. But paranoid Steve, hearing this by himself in the middle of no... Like, it is such a vast wasteland out there. It was so weird. The hum. Definitely the title of this episode. Uh, I'm walking everywhere. I'm still walking everywhere. I'm still walking a few miles every day. I haven't been eating great. I haven't been super 
good about this goddamn diet. It's been hard for me to get back on it, but I weighed myself. I'm still down over 20 pounds. I haven't put any weight back on. Um, and I think that's because I'm walking like five miles a day. And, and if it gets down to like nine, 10 o'clock at night and I haven't done it, I will like, I just force myself. I put on my shoes like last night, it was like nine and I had, I had walked like a thousand steps and I was like, oh fuck. And I had eaten like some pizza and I was like, I gotta, I can't, I'm glad I'm, abs- I, I'm actually glad I'm obsessing about this at, right now because it was easy for me to just put on my shoes, um, put on a jacket or a sweatshirt. I grabbed my backpack empty walked up and over the hill, went down to the grocery store, which is like, you know, a mile, a mile and a half. Bought some groceries, water, some Gatorade and stuff, and threw it all in my backpack. Weighted my backpack down like another 10 pounds, and then I I did a bunch more walking and walked home. Reached my goal. There goes another plane. Do you guys hear that, or is that the hum? Hum. God, it was fucking evil. <laughs> Sorry, I had to take a sip of iced coffee. Oh, God. I, I, I don't want to have allergies anymore. I, I hate this shit. Because I don't want to hit 60 and then a report comes out that people who've been taking antihistamines every day, their whole lives, are now dropping dead. Ugh. Ugh. I'm really sore. Why am I sore? I drove, you know what I do? I don't know if I talk about this ever. I do this a lot. I think this is a mental health thing. I like to just sit in my car. (laughs) I like driving places. I like going on road trips. That's fun. I like being in my car and listening to the radio. But even outside of traveling, like going from point A to point B. I like sitting in my car. Like I went uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, Monday. I drove out to Riverside to my mom's house to take her to lunch. Spend the afternoon with her. Because I'm a great son. <laughs> uh I drove out to Riverside. That's like an hour, a little over an hour. Hung out with her, had lunch. Uh, I had to go to a rap party for speech. I didn't have to, but I, I wanted to go to this rap party for speechless Sunday night. So I had to leave a little early. And I was driving back and I was getting into LA a little bit early. And I didn't want to go home like an hour before this party and then sit around for an hour and then then leave because it would be hard for me to get off my couch once I sat down. Good example of that yesterday was I came home from running a bunch of errands, laid on my couch for just a quick second, 
boom next thing i know it's been three hours it's pitch black i don't know where i am i feel like i just time traveled just took a three-hour nap unplanned that kept me up late all night but so I, I I got back into LA a little bit early and I was like, I'm just going to drive to the bowling alley where this rap party is. And I was, you know, like an hour early. And so I just uh, parked my car over by the bowling alley and I just sat there. I listened to music or podcasts. It's not like I just sit there staring at, at nothing, doing nothing. Scratch that. I am literally doing nothing, but there's audio involved. <laughs> but... I tend to, I, I can easily sit in my car. And one thing that I've noticed, feel free to email me here, uh, nodocspodcast at gmail.com. Or is it nodoc? I always forget. Let me look. Just to make double sure. Um, nodocspodcast at gmail.com. And docs is D-O-C-S. Email at me if you guys do this, because I, I would love to get a count, do a survey. Um, I will sit in my car a lot, just for no reason. Like, I'll go out, like, I have to go to the bank. I'll go to the bank. Oh, I should go to, you know, I got to go uh, pick up some more cleaning supplies. So I'll go to, like, a Lowe's or something, get some cleaning shit. And then... I can easily just sit in the parking lot in my car listening to like music or podcasts. Granted, I'll also use the time to catch up on emails and stuff, which I tend to just ignore when I'm at home. But I will just fucking sit in my car for hours at a time, just parked. And one thing that I have noticed more and more is that a lot of people do that. Do this. Here's a test. Go to like a grocery store parking lot or a mall parking lot. <laughs> Just go to a remote corner where there's not a lot of cars parked. Park your car and sit there and wait and see how long it takes before somebody else just drives up and parks near you and just starts looking at their phone and doing the exact same thing, doing nothing. I notice it all the time. I'll go to the grocery store, come out, get in my car and just decide to sit there listening to the end of a podcast or something and checking my email. I'll look over. Someone will be sitting there doing the exact same thing. Every now and then I'll do a thing where I just like try to outweigh them. Like, especially if I was already sitting there and they pull up, I'll be like, fuck them. I was here first. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm not going to leave. I don't want them to think they won and drove me to leave because of the awkwardness of just sitting parked next to somebody. I want them to think I don't give a shit. And so I will just sit there just to out, just to outweigh somebody. Oh my God. As I'm saying this, it just sounds so insane. I would love to know. Please email me. Nodocspodcast at gmail.com. I'm dying to know. Or leave it in the comment section on the Instagram. It's so weird. I can do it for forever. But, and I've been doing it a lot lately. It, it comes and goes in waves. Sometimes I just don't do it. But I've been doing it a lot lately. And I think it's because of just sitting. It's it's effing up my lower back. Um, 
because I went on a walk today. I was like, God, my lower back just seems really stiff and painful. What did I do yet? Oh, I sat in my car all the time. Um, so let me know. I'm going to read some emails. Got some more emails. Please, please send us emails so I always have something to fall back on. Um, let me open up the app here. Um, oh, here's one that literally just came in. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, it's from someone named Rachel. The title is Wisdom Teeth Removal with Appendicitis. Ooh, my interest is peaked. Okay, Rachel, here we go. Hey, Steve, when I was 19, I scheduled a surgery to have my wisdom teeth removed. They'd been bugging me for a few months, and I decided to finally get them taken care of. I opted to be asleep during the procedure. It was my first operation of any, of any kind. Everything went as it was supposed to. Fast forward two days and my stomach is really upset. Now I'm not one to rush to the doctor. But something felt really off. I had a hard time sleeping that night. Sorry, I'm trying to... I'm trying to open up my reading glasses. Oh, this is so much. This is so much better. I had a hard time sleeping that night, and when I did wake up, the pain had moved to my right side. I knew exactly what that meant. I asked my mom to take me to the ER. To the ER, she knows how stubborn I am with going to the doctor, so that really freaked her out. As a side note, she did lunges and jumping jacks in the room while all the tests were being done. She was a little wound up. After about 10 hours of them asking me a dozen times if I was pregnant and doing every test they could, they told me they were 80% sure it was my appendix. They said they would do the surgery and take out the appendix no matter what, and if there was something else wrong, they would fix it. That's pretty much what happened to me. They started asking if I had ever had a procedure and anesthesia. Anesthesia. I told them that I had two days prior. They were not expecting that answer. The looks they gave me were pretty great, and uh, one of them said that it was that it explains why my face, why my, why my face was so puffy. <laughs> uh, we weren't going to say anything, but now that we know you had anesthesia, uh, this explains why your face is puffy. <laughs> Thankfully, it was my appendix and not anything more serious. In my room after the surgery, they brought in a roommate. She kept moaning and crying. The nurse apologized and said that she had fallen off a cliff. I live near the beach and there are dozens of signs that not to go past the signs and a few times a year tourists feel like that doesn't apply to them and they fall onto the rocks below i was watching the news the next morning while waiting to be discharged and they were reporting on her fall she heard and said "Ugh," and called someone to talk about how humiliating it was <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> i had to hold in my laughter i should say that she was fine and just had a lot of bruises she was very, very lucky. Hopefully, she learned her lesson and listens to science now. Um, recovery was interesting. I couldn't move very well, and I couldn't eat much for a few days. I ended up losing 10 pounds, so that was a nice plus to having to go through all of that. 
I always say that it's the best diet ever. Unfortunately, after those two procedures, it left my hormones all over the place. I now have horrible periods to the point where I throw up. Oh, wow. Just because of having your appendix out? I have to be on high doses of high dose. Sorry. I have to be on a high dose birth control to keep it at bay. Sorry the email ended up so long. I love the podcast. Stay healthy, Rachel. Um, thanks, Rachel. That email wasn't too long. Um, yeah, it's it's so weird when you go into the doctor and you're like, you have a specific pain in a specific place where you're like, it's got to be this. Um. And even then they're like, yeah, probably. It's like, you're a doctor. I don't want probably. I want definitely. <sighs> Please. I, I just want definites when I have, you know. I hate going to the doctor and say, oh, it's probably this. It could be this. Well, maybe it's this. You're like, fuck. Fuck, man. I could have stayed home and made guesses off of WebMD. I'm paying you a lot of money, bud. <laughs> I'm paying you a lot of greenbacks. You gotta fucking hook me up with a definite answer that I can fix with definite medicine or surgery. But, you know, it's... Uh, it's it's not an exact, I mean, it's ideally an exact science, but, you know, modern medicine is still figuring shit out every day. Let's do another, let's do another email. This is one from Judy. Ooh, wow, spelled J-U-D-I-E. I don't think I've ever seen Judy spelled that way. I have a cousin, Judy, with a Y. J-U-D-Y, not Y-U-D-I-E. <laughs> uh, this one is called Death Day, a.k.a. Funerals for Friends. Let me get comfortable. There's so much garbage around my desk. Not garbage, but I got I really got to clean. I talk about it. I talk about it and talk about it. Hey, Steve. Hey, Judy. <laughs> I'm a big fan of your podcast. I always enjoy listening to you with some of my favorite celebrities, just letting go and being real. For an introvert like me, it's been a really helpful and insightful way to pass uh, the day while working. So thank you, and please keep up the great work. I love Busy, too. Sad she's not around as much. It's going to happen, you guys. Busy's going to be back. We're going to... Very soon. It's, it, it, trust me. She's going to be back. It's going to be great. You two are funny together, but happy for her success. Anyway, your last solo podcast, you were talking about you and your friend uh, discussing having a funeral before someone passes and how you've been struggling with the weirdness of such a celebration. Anyway, I just love the idea. And also, I know that the discussion came out of the loss of your friend Brody. And I just wanted to add that I am deeply sorry for your loss I too lost someone to suicide last year, my ex-husband. It's a punch in the gut for sure. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about that, Judy. That's uh, that's a real downer. 
I just had lunch today with my friend John, who's lost both his parents, his mother, fairly recently, and yeah, we just we were talking about how just, it's just. I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here, but it's just unavoidable. It's a club that we're all going to be a part of eventually. You know, it's just, uh, it is so weird that it is just an inevitable, inevitable, inevitable is a word that I have trouble saying. It's just an inevitable, inevitable, <laughs> inevitable. I feel like there should be an, another T and another A in inevitable, inevitable. It's just a fact that we can't change. <laughs> it's just going to happen. Um, anyway, let me get back to this email. What the hell am I doing? Your funeral part. Your funeral part. Oh, no, I'm getting tongue tied. Your funeral party idea made me think about my friend Stuart Davis, who is a Buddhist and musician who wrote the spoken word album back around 2007 titled Love Has No Opposite. It's a really funny and deep spoken deep spoken word musing on life's great mysteries. You can find it on Spotify if you want to check it out. But fair warning, it's pretty heady, raunchy, and esoteric. But you're a TMer, so you might dig it. Um, I'm definitely going to look into this. Anyway, one of his topics is called Death Day. Stuart discusses the value of training you, of training to die before you die with the goal of waking up from the matrix. It is one of my favorite riffs, and the whole album is filled with great love and humor while exploring the paradox of our fucked up little human condition. Anyway, Stuart suggests we pick a day six, six months after our birthday called Death Day, a day to work towards training to die, training to let go from this reality as consciously as possible. Like your idea of a funeral we can, att we can attend, at first this sounds morbid, but I'm not sure it is if we look uh, a bit deeper. As we are surrounded with uh, horror stories coming up at us nonstop, coming at us nonstop, maybe another way to help folks get healthy is by developing a healthy relationship with death. I'm not there, but working on it. So I guess it's an idea in addition to having a celebration of our life and being present for a lovely pre-funeral where we'd get to hear and see our friends and feel all the love shared. This is about a yearly commitment to develop our consciousness so that we can perhaps die with peace and be conscious and maybe even help others. It's a funny way of saying maybe we are so frightened by our death that we don't even fully, uh, ever fully live. We don't ever fully life. Anyway, it's all food for thought. Thanks again for your words in cyberspace. Be well, Jude. Oh, Judy, you go by Jude. Um, yeah, in, in case you didn't hear that episode, I was talking about how my friend Dave Dasmalchen and I came up with this idea to throw a funeral for our friends. Like once every month or two, we just kind of pick a name out of a bowl of our group of friends and have a funeral for them. <laughs> and it didn't come from my friend Brody's, but it w was really hammered into my, uh, into my consciousness at Brody's funeral uh, that we should do this. Brody was very well loved. He died, uh, you know, he took his own life. He was very depressed. And the common thing that I heard 
a lot at his at his memorial and even just from people posting stories about him on Twitter was like he should have seen all this. It would have been amazing if he could have seen what people are saying about him. Oh God, my neighbor upstairs is making noise. And I was like, this is just a common thing that people always say at funerals or memorials. It's like, God, you hear it all the time. People say, I wish so-and-so could be here. Uh, He would have really loved to see this and uh, hear what everyone's saying about him. So, yeah, I think it's something that we got to (laughs) do. And it does sound morbid at times. And uh, I got I I really need to stop putting it off. I, I think it would be weird for sure, but it would be awesome to hear. I I know that I I know my friends love me. That's why they're my friends. I personally want to do this so I can say a lot of stuff about them and have them hear it. I don't need to hear it, but I want to, I want, you know what I'm saying? I don't need a funeral for myself, but I want to throw funerals for all my friends. So they all know what everybody thinks about them. It's more fun. It's the whole thing of it's better to, it feels better to give than receive. It's that kind of thing. Um, Oh God, what is my neighbor doing upstairs? I swear to God. Yeah, I, I, I got to move. Oh, really, Steve? <laughs> really, Steve, you never talk about that. Um, Did I read this one? Okay, no, I did not. I'm going to read this one now. This will probably be the last one. It's from Erica. Why did I say it like that? It's from Erica? It's, it's not a question. Her name is Erica. <laughs> it's titled My Eye Condition. Hey, Steve. Hi, Steve. I'm a longtime listener who never thought that I would have an email to send to you that is health-related until I remembered the eye condition that I have. About four years ago, my optometrist noticed that my prescription was changing quite quickly and very drastically than usual, more than usual. He sent me for some tests which involved scanning the thickness of my cornea, the outer layer of the eye, to determine if there was anything wrong. When they got the results back, they didn't think it was thin enough to be worrisome, but they needed to keep an eye on it. Then a couple of years later, then a couple of years after that, when I visited my optometrist again, I know I should be going yearly, but I'm currently attending university six hours away from them, so it's hard. My prescription changed again, and they knew I... Jesus and they knew I needed more tests. I had the same scan done at a highly rated eye institute, and they found that my cornea was very thin in the middle, which was causing the problem. I was diagnosed with keratoconus, keratoconus, K-E-R-A-T-O-C-O-N-U-S, which is a condition where the cornea weakens, causing your eye to change shape at this point. Instead of my eye being shaped like a basketball, It was shaped like a football. This was the condition that my eye doctor had originally suspected I had, but could not prove. It was quite remarkable that he suspected the condition when he did, because being a female in my late teens with the condition in one eye and not both, 
I broke all the norms of the condition. It normally happens in males when they are in their late teens and in both eyes. After being diagnosed, I had to undergo a procedure called keratin cross-linking to stop the progression, which if not stopped, would eventually cause blindness or need a corneal transplant. For this procedure, they had to remove the top layer of cells on my cornea using the laser that they use for the LASIK eye surgery. They then had to put B12 drops into my eye to help strengthen the bonds in my cornea to stop it from changing shape more. It's been about a year and a half since I have had the procedure done. I'm glad to say the progression has stopped. The recovery was a pain and I went through a lot of pain medications, but it could have been way worse had I not done it. Hope you enjoyed my health story, Erica. I don't know if I'd say I enjoyed it. I don't like it. I don't like hearing about people's uh, traumas. <laughs> uh, I'm happy that you are open enough. I, 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 I'm glad that you feel open enough to, all of you feel open enough to send me this information that I can share and hopefully help other people. You never know when someone's listening to this and go and thinks, oh my God, my eye, my prescription's been changing drastically. Maybe I'm going to check for this. And boom, you help somebody out. It's the whole purpose of this podcast. Something goes wrong, get it checked out. And if there is a uh, something you can do to stop it, get it done. It's no fun having surgery. As you all know from my kidney stone surgery and stent, that's fucking no fun. That's a bummer. It's something that years ago I would have just put off as long as possible. But, I mean, because of this podcast, I'm, part of me is like, well, I got to do it for the story. <laughs> a, a huge part of me doing all these these things is uh, for material for the podcast. I'm not going to lie. But another big part is me just being like, I got to practice what I preach. Who knows, I might save my own life one day by going to the doctor to have a pain checked out. It's the same with all of you. You have a, you know, a weird pain that you've never experienced before. Get it looked at. Get it looked at. Why did I say it like that? <laughs> um, better to be safe than sorry. Better to go in and have something checked and find out you're fine. Also, it's just great to go in and have a... have something checked out and have the doctor go it's all fine oh it's such a it's such a relief to go in scared about something and then hearing yeah we looked it's not that you're good and then you sleep so good at night oh you just lay there in bed listening to the hum <laughs> I want anyone to write in who's experienced the hum if they know what I'm talking about. My further research into it said like anywhere from 2% of people will hear it. Like in that in Bristol, the Bristol hum, it said uh, only like 2% of the people living in that town could hear it. But it was reported by multiple people, so it's a thing. Um, it is so weird. Um, and, and it's also people middle age, mostly middle age. Ugh. 
great. I turned 50 and now I, and, and now I just have to hear. Welcome to the Outback. You're here in a didgeridoo for the rest of your life. No, thanks. Uh, how do I pass on that bullshit? <laughs> oh, man, it's been 52 minutes. That's pretty good. I don't know if I have any ads for this week. I haven't been sent any ad reads. This might be a ad-free episode. Oh. Well, hopefully we'll get everything ironed out to where I can go uh, start recording at Busy's office on Fridays. And um, things will be back to normal. Oh my God, that's going to be great, guys. Listen to her weird stuff for once. (laughs) Oh, geez, Louise. All right. Um, I think we're I think we're good. I think we think we did another episode. Uh, please, we're no doctors. <clears throat> Sorry, no docs podcast at gmail.com. Let me know if you've heard anything about the hum. If you've experienced it, if you know anyone that has experienced it. If you have any more info on it, I'm dying to know. I'm also definitely going to get someone to go out there with me. See if I still hear it. And if so, see if I can get someone else to hear it. Maybe I'll bring someone not quite in their 50s yet with a younger, a younger, healthier ear. <laughs> uh, no, old man, I just hear the sounds of the open desert. See, I do hear a plane. I heard everything. I heard I could hear planes off in the distance when they would pass. I could hear trucks way, way off on the highway. And they would pass. Like it would be a noise, you know, that you hear, like a train going by off in the distance or a truck or a, a, a jet or whatever. But it was only temporary. This hum was constant. Ugh. God damn you, hum. You really freaked me out. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's it, you guys. I hope you have a a great weekend and uh, I hope your week next week is good. Stay safe. It looks like the flu is on the downward uh, progression. We're going to be all right, I think. Um, Keep washing your hands. (laughs) And uh, take care of yourselves. All right. Thanks. Bye. Star Bands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.